Hey everyone, this is Isra and welcome back to another episode of Hamburger Generation Jeel Al Hamburger. First off, a quick shout out to everyone who's been listening to us on SoundCloud and your favorite podcast app. Please feel free to review us on Facebook. Today's episode, we continue our session with Fajr and Allison and their current life in Cambodia. The story shifts gears as they come across a Syrian refugee family who has clearly gone through a lot. When listening to the story, I was taken back by how this is merely one story of millions of thousands of refugees around the world. I hope that the story is able to bring light to the refugee struggle from a different perspective. Um, so, yeah, the, the last stop in our journey was Cambodia. And when we got to Cambodia, and this must have been in 2013, 2014, we bought a piece of land. And we've been traveling for a while, so we were in the mind frame of let's uh, plant some roots. Is that the expression now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's time Set to... Set some roots. Yeah. And so we built a house for ourselves. And little by little decided to, to utilize the rest of the property. Mm. And we built a hotel on it. And the hotel is a 10-minute walk from a lovely little beach. So how long have you been in Cambodia now? Um, coming on five years. Yeah. So it's been that long. Uh, so you guys stay in a community? Like what's, what's the environment? So we live in a are? little village. It's called Otras Village mm-hmm. um, on the south coast. And really, it isn't a Cambodian village. Um, it's oh, a villi- an international village, we can say. There's just people from everywhere, um, a lot of different places that have opened up their own restaurant or hostel or bar. It's really um, a community like no other. It's really a bubble. Yeah, I mean, it's an international village set in Cambodia. Some of our neighbors are Cambodian, but I think 70% of the residents are international from all over the world, from South America, all, all Basically, over. Basically, people that want didn't want to play by the rules of their society, so came to this place, and we all just kind it's of created 100, our own. A hundred uh, residents that are like full-time residents. Are, are there any other Arabic or Arab nationalities? I think last year we got, uh, we got Ali, the Lebanese guy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And always, there's always been Fatma. She's from Sudan. But otherwise, no, it's very... Uh, yeah, I guess the three of us are holding down the Arab corner. <laughs> but funnily <laughs> enough, there's actually a new Arab family in town. They're from Syria, and we actually met them Yeah, in the capital. Is, it is, yeah, yeah. And mm. last, Syrians. Yeah, yeah, Syrian refugee family, in mm-hmm. fact. Oh, really? Refugees yeah. in Cambodia? In Cambodia. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, around uh, December last year, I was in Phnom Penh, the capital city. Uh-huh. It's about a four-hour drive from us. And I had to do some paperwork out there. And uh, during my uh, stay in Phnom Penh, as I was walking in the street, I saw a woman wearing a hijab, ishar, okay. in a restaurant. So, obviously, if I'm going to see another Arab uh-huh. in Cambodia, which you never see, I'm going to stop and talk to her. I walked into the restaurant, I'm like, marhaba. And I said, marhaba. We talked for a couple of minutes. She started tearing, man. Yeah. yeah. What? Because she hasn't heard Arabic in like so long from a stranger. Uh. 
And she told me, if, as I'm talking to her, she's like, yeah, Abu Uthar, ta'al. So she calls her kids and her husband and they all like get so excited. They offer me tea and a sandwich and, That's you know, very cool. and we get talking and I get to learn about what they've been through. And Which it's is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. They came from, you know, war torn Syria. They've been in Cambodia for about a year. I'm the first Arab they've spoken to, you know, <laughs> two young kids, maybe five and eight years old. Long story short. Not th- obviously they're not going to school. I mean, they're just. They've just been drifting. Yeah, they ended up in Cambodia. Yeah, so I invited them to come and stay at my hotel. Okay. You know, just as a break, like a break from all the stress. I'm like, listen, you guys, I'll just send you a taxi. Come spend the weekend with us. On listen, the coast, away from on the, the ocean. big crazy city. Uh, come relax for a weekend. The kids have never seen the ocean. Very cool. They took me up on that, and sure enough, they were at our property a few days later. Uh-huh. Hung out with us for the weekend. We took them to the beach. The kids had never seen the ocean before they had never seen sand before um the parents our idea was that the parents would get to relax a little bit just like a real holiday a break um, how do you not see the ocean or the sand after living one year in cambodia well they lived in the capital city which not on the really which far? isn't on the coast yeah like i said it's a four-hour drive oh four hour Mo- drive. most okay, of cambodia uh, cambodia has a small coast when you look at it in a map most oh. of the people live in the villages well what was their their situation like in syria i mean how did they end up in cambodia so what happened the dad's from damascus and um he left the country to earn a living um he's a very highly educated person he used to be a university professor an engineer and he ended up in kuala lumpur Malaysia's really opened up its borders to people from Yemen, people from Syria, Palestine, uh, Iraq. Mm-hmm. So really big up to Malaysia, man. Uh-huh. Open borders. So there's a huge community there that are just doing their thing and earning a living. But they have to do visa runs. And one of the only options is Cambodia because they can get the visa on arrival. Oh, true. Okay. So during his journey, one time he got convinced to stay in Cambodia to start a project with somebody there. Mm. Didn't... For whatever reason, it didn't work out or whatever it may be. Um, he got stuck in Cambodia. Overstayed so he, his visa. he stayed in yeah, Cambodia. He stayed in Cambodia and after a particular, what he told me, a particular bomb that went off like down the road, he was very worried about his kids. In Syria. In Syria that he flew them to Cambodia to be with him. Okay. If it's safer. And um, yeah, that's their situation. It's terribly sad. Every time I pass by Phnom Penh, I call them up to see how they're doing. And... Fast forward eight months or maybe six months. I called them up. They weren't doing too well out of a job. It seemed mm-hmm. really bad, like uh, quite panicky on the phone, even with me. And then I, it, the idea came to me. Listen, man, I'm planning to leave for the rainy season anyway, so my house is going to be empty. You uh-huh. and your wife are welcome to live in my house. That was very cool of you. And your kids. Yeah, like bring them all. Like, bring them all. Like, at this point, they didn't want to be in Phnom Penh. The restaurant that they were working in, mm. um, it was just no longer working out. They weren't happy, you know, and they didn't have any, they don't have any options. They're, they're in Cambodia without any paperwork. That's so crazy to think that's happening to a university who used to be a university professor. And the sweetest the guy mother with two young kids. Uh. Dude, the kids are seven and four. And they're so sweet. And that, the man's really, he's older, like, he's well into his 60s and, oh. you know, gray hair. The mom is nice. And for me to be of Palestinian origin, having spent our summers in a refugee camp in Jordan, I just couldn't see that and, like, walk away from it. 
then again, in Cambodia, you never see Syrians. Hmm. Like, if I was in Kuala Lumpur, they're all over the place. Then maybe I would, I don't know. Point is, it really struck yeah. a chord uh, with me, and I just had to. Like, you're not desensitized to it. Exactly. I'm imagining the mom looking like a... The mom looked, I nice. saw my mother in her. Mom. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like a hajjah type. Exactly. What I find so amazing about the mom, she's always smiling. She's always smiling, unless she's crying. <laughs> but <laughs> that would be weird if she's crying and smiling. But she is just, you know, what a strong lady, I guess. Like, she still has it in her to smile. And she looks at her kids having fun and playing in the sand or running around the garden. And she smiles. So sweet. Man, talk about a blessing in disguise. I swear to God, these people entered our lives and changed my reality. At the time, I was a bit like, oh, I'm kind of over Cambodia. It's raining too much here. Let's fly to Dubai. Maybe not Dubai. Maybe let's go to Canada. I don't know. Let's go to... You know, so many options. Yeah. And they can't even they they can't they leave Cambodia. They owe the government as of like yesterday something around eleven thousand dollars in backdated overstay fees. The guy doesn't have eleven thousand dollars. They don't have a hundred dollars right. to their name. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And dude so. during the time so they came to live with us. And he asked me once, Hey, could you drive me downtown to the city, Sunukville City? I have some money a friend is sending to me. And I'm like, yeah, man, sure, of course. We went to Western Union. And it was somebody sent him $100, man. He couldn't even take the money out because his passport does not have a visa. He doesn't have residency. You get what I mean? Uh. So the bank refused to give him money in front of me. Mm. And I totally lost it. Like, I'm like, I need to speak to the manager. What the hell does a money transfer to this guy's name have to do with his residency? And they wouldn't. Uh And I'm like, yo, these people are like desperate beyond what I thought. And... I kind of saw that he is proactive. He speaks really good English. Um, I'm like, listen, man, do you want to work for me? I'm going to be gone. I was thinking of closing the hotel anyway. More than happy to give you a salary and you guys can run this place while you live in my house. So now they're managing my hotel. And to talk about their entrepreneurial spirit, in the last year I built a restaurant, but I just couldn't get it together to open the restaurant. Since I've been gone, uh, they actually opened the restaurant. Oh, man, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going every, you know, everything's got to start somewhere. We made $17 yesterday. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, $17. Well, it's really, it's really nice that even though they've gone through so much, they still have like this energy and initiative to do something and and still want to give back. Yo, yo, it's it's known Syrians have a very entrepreneurial drive in them. They're known to be like that. They're awesome, man. The guy's great and so handy. Like, unlike most Arabs I know in Dubai that wouldn't know how to drive a manual car, for example. Tie their own yeah. This guy hopped on my motorbike. He's like, oh, man, the clutch is a bit loose. Let me fix it for you. And I'm like, dude, where are you from, man? They're, you know, people I know back in Dubai don't know how to do anything. Tie their own shoes, let alone, like, jumps on my bike. And, oh, dude, like, when we're driving in my car, he's like, oh, I think you're... You know, oh yeah, it's incomparable between the people who live in Syria and the people who live in Dubai in terms of handiness. So handy, of course. Like real life and real life experience. Within within forty eight hours of the woman being in our kitchen, we already had pickled jars everywhere. (laughs) Like she was pickling, she was doing this. So, man, so awesome the way they get things done. 
It's crazy. And all they needed was like a little break from someone and they're just like dying to start creating, yeah. doing. They're creating and they're doing and I hope all the best of luck to them and he's honest, he's awesome. Cool, cool dude. It's really nice that we mm. we were able to adopt parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> at that point, yeah. we have a one-year-old and we're like, man, we're having such a tough time not having our parents around to help us. But now we just adopted parents. <laughs> and now Summer has a brother and a sister yeah. and a mom and a dad or a granddad and a grandmom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it just worked out in our benefit. And to them, it was obviously huge and it still is. Um, he had a meeting with the uh, UNHCR, United Nations for Refugees. And I remember I went with him to Phnom Penh. And that was kind of a surreal experience to okay. sit in a building in the capital city, Phnom Penh, meeting with the United Nations. So why did they wanted to meet with him? Well, they filed their papers as asylum seekers in Cambodia. Okay. Yeah. So I, I joined him on that. And, you know, it's like reality hits you once again, smack in the face that, whoa, this is actually f happening, dude. Mm. Yeah. So they applied as asylum seekers in the kingdom of Cambodia. And yeah, their process is going through. So anyway, just to learn about the process of how to be a refugee, like what's the paperwork? What's the process in such a poor country like Cambodia? And the whole thing has been interesting. And obviously we say Alhamdulillah Alf Marra always for yeah, the position we're in. Mm. Um, but to kind of see that uh, play out in front of me, I'm like, oh man, life, it can be tough. You can have it all and lose it all. Like if you're mm. educated to that level and have money, don't think it's all good, man, because you never know what's going to happen around you. True. <laughs> yeah. Is that another one of your uh, dad's sayings? It is. Yeah, we mentioned that one. Stretch your legs out too. Yeah, because you never know how life is gonna, what life's gonna throw your way. Yeah. And how is how how is the family coping now that they're in Cambodia on their own, and you guys are here? I mean, they've been really. It seems that they're very thankful and very great. But living in Cambodia comes with its uh, <laughs> own set of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> so I live in rural Cambodia. Electricity cuts all the time. Um, you know, water uh, is cut and electricity. And on top of that, you have to deal with the nature around us. So we have a small <laughs> little resort. Okay. And it's, it's pretty funny. He sent me this picture. And you guys can see it. Uh, what do you guys see in this picture here? A snake. Yeah. Uh, on yeah, on, a uh, on the shore. Snake. There's a big snake. And what's that color around its head? It's a yellow ribbon. You see that yellow? Yeah. So we have a saying in Cambodia. If it's white, you're all right. If it's yellow, you're a dead fellow oh. regarding snakes. Anyway, you can see this is a very poisonous So it's a one. poisonous snake, yeah. So he sends me this picture and, and, and listen to the message that he sent me. I'm just going to play this from my phone. We send voice notes back and forth to each other. So this is him after finding the snake. Hey, now so i just killed it may god protect us and protect you yeah so there's still comedy <laughs> you still have to like kill snakes and part of the job description part of the job yeah. description greet clients kill snakes <laughs> try not the to yellow die. ones the yeah. yellow ones if, if it's white, it's all right, like yeah. we said. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So that's yeah. I mean, that's the new thing in my life, man. Um, that's such a heartwarming story. Holy shit! Yeah. Tell us more about the kids. Yeah, the kids are. I mean, to be to be honest, the Middle Eastern thing is still within me. It's like Lulada, خلي خلي Allison to like anhum. Allison, I mean, you interact with the kids as an educator. You're a teacher yourself. So the kids' names are Mimi and Mohammed. Um, they're really cute. They so in their circ- being in their circumstances, they haven't interacted with other kids or been going to school or been interacting with other people other than their own parents for quite a while. So we actually got them um, a teacher, an English teacher, to come by the hotel every day to teach them Martin English. Teacher. Martin? Martin teacher. He's from the UK. Okay. Um, anyways, it was just, and I wanted a male teacher, the older kid, Mohammed. I felt like he could use another male role model. Uh-huh. And it would be nice for him to have someone that he could like relate to and like, you know, I just thought it would be nice to have a male with him. True. Um, so, yeah, that's been going super well. And I was overhearing their conversation and Mohammed was saying, Martin, in a few months, I'm going to go back to Syria. Do you want to come with Do you want to come back with me to Syria? It's my home. And it was so sweet. Oh, my gosh. That's the sweetest thing um, ever. And that was the first day of even meeting Martin. So you could just see, like, the amount of, like, love that these kids have inside them that they're mm-hmm. just, like, wanting to share, and, you know? And they still feel the strong connection with their homeland. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um. And Mohammed was saying that he really likes pizza. So the next day, Martin teacher brought a, um, a box of pizza for them to share. And he really likes fishing. So they made a fishing rod together. We're really lucky that uh, our property's on a lake. It's got it's stocked with fish. So out of a bamboo stick, we made a fishing rod for him to catch fish. And he like puts the fish in a bowl and he's so stoked and excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as a young kid to be fishing, yeah, catching yeah. fish. Man, come on. Oh, that's awesome. It actually sounds like such a great learning environment. Yeah. To be for in. The children. Such a wholesome in environment. They're in nature. There's butterflies flying around. There's snakes. tons of different flowers. <laughs> there's snakes. There's fish. So, I mean... Yeah, it's nice for them. What it made me remember is that kids are just kids. Like, yes, they've been through a lot, um, but kids are just kids. Like, he still just wants to fish and hang out and eat pizza, you know? A lot of pizza. The innocence is still there. The innocence is still there, definitely. Yeah, they're so cute. Like, the little girl, uh, Maria, I'm so attached to me. You know, she always comes up and holds my hands like, I'm more... <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> and the kids still, um, they still, you know, they still have, yeah, their favorite foods. They, they're still like, ew, mom, I'm not eating that for dinner. Mm. You know, <laughs> like they're just, they're just kids. Kids are the same everywhere. Yeah. You know, no matter what, they're still just kids. Right. Yeah. And we, we were lucky that when they came in, it was Ramadan. So we got to do the whole, it was such a nice Ramadan feeling that I haven't had in years to be able to do it with mm. a family mm. so everybody fasting during the day and then nighttime when you know they do a thought it's such a big deal we all sit together as a family mm. um yeah it's so nice man do you feel like they've created a a much higher purpose for your existence in cambodia oh definitely yeah there? yeah I because mean, you were mentioning like oh i was starting to get bored of cambodia a little bit 
exactly like our 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 thought in the last month was we i think we we ran the clock on this one Mm. it's pooched (laughs) as we say back in Canada. it's pooched like yeah we've done our thing time to move on and sell it but now hey you know it's a decent business i have people honest people running it i'm making whatever money i can make off it and i'm helping these guys out so now my thought is like a bit different it's like you know what man one man's loss is another man's gain it's it's all good and yeah i hope i mean we'll see their papers are processing of course they have bigger as they have bigger aspirations than working for me in the hotel they hope one day actually the dad was telling me to move to canada they want want to immigrate to canada but obviously that's in the like that's not really in the near future a few years away yeah at best i mean to even uh, their application to be accepted, they need to be identified by the United Nations as refugees. Mm. And in Cambodia, even though I mentioned that we met the United Nations thing, Cambodia doesn't have a UN refugee within its uh, options. of uh, the, the asylum seeker case goes to the Cambodian government. Okay? okay. So the Cambodian government makes that decision. Okay. And they collect money from the United Nations. Anyway, it's such a long process. Mm, it's more bureaucratic. So bureaucratic. Because yeah. th- when we met with the UN guy, he's like, oh, this could take two months to a year for them to decide what your status is. Uh-huh. So no one's in any hurry, man. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no hurry uh, at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to take years. But in the meantime, it, I mean, inshallah not, inshallah we not. like to think that they have, you know, that we've improved their situation a little bit, but they've also improved our situation a little bit as well. Yeah. So it's nice. Win-win. Mm-hmm. المطعم يعني من يومين يجوني ثلاث زبونات على صحن واحد متبل تصور يعني تبع الثلاث دولارات امبارح الحمد لله الله اكرمني اجى روسي الروس هذول اللي اجوا كانوا ما بعرف وين غايبين يومين اجوا اكلوا من عندي شيش طاو اخذوا كمان حمص كثير كثير مبسوطين من هي ثاني مره بياخذوا وفي الروسي هذا اللي له ابن دائما بفوت لعنا اذا بتعرفوا الصغير عمره ثلاث اربع سنين هذول اللي قاعدين قدامنا كمان هي ثاني مره بياخذ امبارح فات علي 17 دولار الحمد لله يعني زبونين يعني فات علي 17 دولار الحمد لله بس يعني نحن ضاخين يعني ما شاء الله المصاري انت اللي حاولت لنا اياها تقريبا يعني اشترينا كثير فيها شغلات خاصه سبايسي ورز ومارز والشغلات Thank you so much for listening. It was really great to hear how this family's spirit, their ambition, and the children's excitement for life is still prominent, even though they've gone through so much. Thanks again to Fejer and Allison for sharing this heartwarming story and reminding us to say alhamdulillah for every $17 we make. <laughs>